0: This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. So this is our... The Big Football Show. We're back again. Football's back again. Happy days are here again. So folks, welcome to the Big Football Show. With your co-host here, I'm Mac. Me, the they call me the uh coach. We have the historian for our football show, Jack Hirsch, and we also have our legend, two time Super Bowl champion, Jim Jeffcoat, member of the 100 100 Sack Club, and also was nominated years ago to be in the Hall of Fame. How you all yes. doing? Today?
1: Good night. I'm doing Great good. Talent.
0: Good. So, so Jim, I, I, I said that because I want to segue into something. We had of course, the inductees that went to the Hall of Fame, Don Coriel, Zach Thomas, Rondé Barber, you know, the people that, that went in there. And there was a couple, maybe two or three that I were questionable to me. And I want to get your take on it. Because, you know, the Hall of Fame is supposed to be for the legends. They're supposed to be the best players at their position in the history of the NFL. That's what the Hall of Fame is supposed to be for. And I have a couple of questions for you. I think that some players were very good at their position for a short time or short time than others. Um, They may be impactful at that time, but I don't know if they're Hall of Fame. Yeah. And one of those people to me is Zach Thomas. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Zach Thomas was a great linebacker for his time, for the time he was at Miami. Um, But I don't know if he's the best linebacker the uh, at that position uh being worthy to go into the hall of fame let me ask you this question and we talked about it before this
1: show obviously but who would you put in in front of Zach Thomas
0: and who is eligible for it? Well I would have to see the eligible I would have to see the eligible members. I mean that's 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 probably a long list but I mean I would have to I would have to look at that and, and, yes, yeah. and that's what I'm saying.
1: Uh, it's a, it's not players don't vote for the Hall of Fame, right? Writers do, and it's uh all over the country. There are certain writers that don't see these players all the time, on a, obviously. And when you vote for it, what happens is if that writer in your region, he has to put you up there, put your name up there, and say. Basically, this is what he's done. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, but he has to put your name in the pot. And then he has to, why is this guy a Hall of Famer? You know, what has he done if, at his position or for the game? You know, there's players, obviously, I always argue that John Lynch shouldn't have been in before Darren Woodson. I mean Darren yeah. Woodson won three Super Bowls and he was uh he was all-time leading tackler for the Dallas Cowboys. And if you look at their stats, they're very similar. So you
0: don't know. It's not us picking them, it's right. writers picking them. Well, let me give you an example. Harry Car- it took Harry Carson what years and years to get in the Super Bowl. Harry yeah. Carson compared to Zach. There's no comparison there. No, Harry there is comparison. so so this is what I'm saying, Jim. I I think uh Zach Thomas, Chuck Howley. Great linebacker for his time. I mean, you know, he was he's he, great get, getting the ball. He played big in, in big games, but is he really a great, great linebacker?
1: But you could argue on all these guys except for Darryl Revis. And um he's probably the only one that would be truly there's no question he's all famous. You could I say some people could say, and I agree with Joe Klucka was one of the best of his time, but was he? that on that level, Agreed. was was Rondé Barber on that level. Agreed. And that's the thing. But you could make an argument pro and con. I, love, I think Joe Clarko belonged in the Hall of Fame.
2: You know, you're, you're, you're mentioning now, Jim, you're going to another area, like who was the most worthy Hall of Famer this year? And you're basically inferring it was Darrell Revis. But he had a glamour position. Cornerback's a glamour yeah. position if you True. can shut a guy down. Actually, the best player, if we had to prorate it position against position, would probably be Joe Thomas, would be my guess. Played yes. on terrible teams and was a rock. If one player had to go in and only one player, I would have picked Joe I, Thomas I first. He didn't move that. around team to team either. A lot to be said <laughs> for him playing so long for one team. And, yeah, he's two
1: never two been two to, to a playoff, 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 playoff game, which is interesting. You very rarely see that. You very rarely see a player that has not been on a dominant team make it.
2: So and before we welcome in Keith Angle, uh, Joe Thomas never demanded a trade despite being on a losing. Yeah,
1: because Peyton Manning wanted him in Denver and he told him no.
0: Well, Keith Angle from DGI Sports Talk is here. Hi from Australia. Glad that you joined and found our show. We love this. This is one of our favorite shows to do. Keith, yeah. how you doing today, partner?
3: Hey, good kid. morning gentlemen it's a beautiful Sunday here and I hope it is where you are it 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 definitely is Keith you know Zach
0: Thomas, I want to get your comment real quick before we get into the Patriots Zach Thomas gets in and if you look at the Patriots middle linebackers, number 59 for the Patriots was on a couple Super Bowl teams and I don't think is he in this is he in the Hall of Fame yet and Bruce, no.
3: you talking about Uh, Brewski, uh, Brewski was 54. He was not in the Hall of Fame. I was going to mention the same exact thing. If Zach Thomas was a fine player, if he's in the Hall of Fame, Teddy Brewski's got to be in the Hall of Fame. And this is what I'm
0: talking about. And I know we can get back. Good morning, Rick. I know we can get go back and forth on this forever. Don Coryell never won a Super Bowl. They say, well, he was a uh, an offensive genius. Well, there's been a lot of great offensive minded uh, coaches out there. And and I just I you know, I, I just I expect the Hall of Fame to be the best of the best. And I think we're we're kind of stepping down from that now.
3: I disagree a little bit with Don Coriel. Some of the other guys we you guys talked about, I agree with Zach Thomas uh, specifically. I think Don Coriel definitely belongs in the Hall of Fame because he changed the game. He started changing the game the way it's being played today. Don I agree was, with you. And a lot of these coaches yeah. that you see uh, took away from the things that he
0: did exactly. in
1: San Diego exactly.
0: at that, uh, that you period. Know, not, not, was, not to. Not to disqualify anything you guys are saying, but I hear that about all coaches. And I, I hear that about, you know, uh, you can go all the way back to Paul Brown, who was in the Hall of Fame. He changed offenses. I, I mean, I hear this about a lot of different coaches. To me, you got to win at least one Super Bowl to get in there. And that's just, you know, that's well, my opinion. Too many
2: intangibles, Mac. Well, if you say that, Dan Marino out. couldn't have
0: been in. Right. I, listen, can't. Dan Marino, I, I mean, there, there, is, there is a point.
2: There was a point Damn. to that. Yes, there was is. a point it's to that. Marty Schottenheimer, one of the most successful coaches, you know, of his era at least. Okay, a complete winner. He could take a weak team and turn them around, but he never got to the Super Bowl. Is he a also, Hall of Famer?
3: Also, never affected the way the, no. the, the way Don Coryell did ever. He may have more wins than I would.
1: I I agree 100% with Keith.
3: Don Curriero, those
1: offenses were difficult, and he had some defensive talent, if you look at it. I mean, Gary Bighands Johnson, Fred Dean, I mean, Louis Kelcher. If you watch football in that era, Uh,
3: Don Curriero was a hell of a coach. He sure was. And with the Cardinals before the Chargers, too, he was a good coach. Yeah, that's yeah. when he team. Coach Jim Hurt, okay, he says
0: there's no there's no uh, Hall of Fame uh, in Australian football. Talk about a tough game. I don't know if Jim could handle Australian yeah. football. I mean, that's, rugby, that's yeah, that's a, that's a that's a yeah, that's a tough that's a tough that's game. Tough, yeah. So Keith, thought, let's get
3: into. By the way, not to be, not to change the subject or say on that subject for a second, I learned recently there's a difference between Australian girls football and rugby. I thought it was the same game. Oh I really? Heard. It's different. Yes, I didn't
1: know
0: that. That's something you learn.
1: I've
3: watched watched both of them. I've watched both of them
0: in Australian football. I I really enjoy watching that one. Yeah, Keith. So we got a lot to get to uh, with the Patriots college football. So let's let's get into it. Um, So Bill O'Brien's offense is up and running. We talked a little bit about it Saturday. The Patriots last year pretty much were were one dimensional in that. They had the same formation. They ran pretty much, you know, Stevenson right, Stevenson left, throw on third down. Bill O'Brien's not going to work that way. He's got a lot more motion. He's got a lot more uh, multiple sets moving around, shifting, um, and they finally uh, kicked in against the Patriots' defense, scored some touchdowns, and and I guess this is why Bill O'Brien is with the Patriots right
3: now. It definitely, and it, it's going back to some of the things that Patriots have done historically through this 20 year run with bill o'brien with josh mcdaniel at different times as well um you mentioned giving teams different look they could run the same play out of different looks that makes a big difference in just running the same play out of the same look and last year they were boring predictable uh you won't see that this year I, i i was i was checking out something from Uh, some camp notes the other day and they've already run screens like six or seven different types of screens. And again, all of them out of different multiple sets. So
2: uh, getting back to Bill O'Brien, I think I mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, saying that he would have full control of the Patriot offense. And you were saying basically, correct me if I'm wrong, it still has to go through Bill Belichick. I disagree because I don't think Bill O'Brien comes back to New England unless he would have full control? Because he could have had his pick up a lot of jobs. So yeah. He's not coming back to New England where he's going to have to take orders from Belichick. I can't see that happening.
3: No, I do not mean – and if I said it that way, I, I don't misinterpret. I would say any head coach is going to have a veto over any play. And they sure. should. Don't and you agree? Sure. That's my, right. I'm the guy who's supposed to make that final call. I'm not saying he's going to – tell Bill O'Brien what to do, you know, game in and game out. But if there's a big moment where he thinks, no, we shouldn't run this play, he's got veto power. That's all I'm saying. Okay, Bill O'Brien right. does have right. control of that offense.
0: So Bill O'Brien comes out as he enjoys coaching uh, Mac Jones and uh, that uh, he, he's kind of jabbing at him, saying that Zappi throws the long ball. He threw the long <laughs> ball a little bit better and that maybe Mac Jones is a little bit more accurate than Zappi. But it, it, you know, that's what you do to 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 inspire a player, kind of, you know, kind of make him do better than what he's doing. So that was that was interesting. Um, he hasn't had a big. Go ahead, Jim. Sorry.
1: No, all I was gonna say, if you were going on that thing that Zappy threw the bat long ball, well, Joe Montana, we were talking about Hall of Famers, wouldn't have been a Hall of Famer. He wasn't a long ball thrower. He was a position right. precision right. passer. And a lot of those quarterbacks that are in the Hall of Fame, you know, you had some mad bombers, but the majority of them were in the intermediate game. Oh,
0: definitely. Definitely. Exactly. And they exactly. depend on the receiver after the catch. And you see yes. a lot of timing. Um, so he said he hasn't had a big enough sale of the Marcus Pop Douglas yet, which is uh, – he says he's just in the, the same bucket with the rest of the rookies for right now. Again, maybe trying to, you know – spur him on a little bit more which is what a coach should do yeah Um, but he
3: he, he's he's closer he's closer he's going to make this team he's going to be maybe at worst you know maybe the third or fourth wide receiver I mean he may even be more than that before the season's out I don't expect him to start the season um with a huge role who knows but I mean Right now, Thornton's on the bubble. He's not having a good camp, and he could be cut. And you and you um, mentioned him too uh, yeah. earlier in our shows. Yeah, I thought he'd be, be a guy that might step forward this year, actually. And and you look at the at the depth chart of wide receiver. It's not going to be that hard for Pop Douglas to move up it if he continues to check all the boxes like he has in in training camp so far.
1: You know, it's kind of funny, um, Keith, that you're talking about that because we the Cowboys had a guy named uh, Jalen Turb. Uh, October, and he was from a small school in Alabama, and he struggled in his rookie year. Mm -hmm. But now, after a second year in the NFL, he's starting to get better, and he's starting to make an impact, and he'll make the team. But he
3: wasn't a guy that they anticipated moving up this fast. Yeah. And you know what? It is training. When the real games start, we'll start to see a little bit more. Yeah, Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. And even even in the uh, and to me, exhibition games are are what they are. You know, it's more interesting to me in camp is when teams start having practices together uh, against each other. I I, again, I just can't. I just don't get a lot out of the exhibition games. I just don't Um, just because there's so many guys that you won't see later on. If you want to see the veterans and you want to see the, the real rookies that are going to have an impact. I pay attention to what goes on in these inter-team practices. But the
1: one, yeah, I know what you're saying. But first of all, you only have ten padded practices during the preseason now.
3: Another. That
1: makes a difference. So everyone is important. Yeah, you there, and then when you fight, when you play other teams in scrimmages, what happens most of the time? You just have a big brawl.
3: Yeah, a big brawl somewhere. If that's true, that's yes. a great point. That eats up time, so up twenty minutes for the practice. Exactly. Right
0: <laughs> well, 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 let's not get it twisted. We know the preseason games are mainly to evaluate players, the rookies, the veterans that are yeah. fighting for jobs, the bubble guys. That's what it's for. It's a coaching tool. I enjoy
3: that. Aspect I'm not saying you're, you're not important. I, uh, just don't get me wrong. I don't say they're not important. They are. I mean, like, for me, again, uh, it's hard for me to watch an right. entire game. But yeah. it's
1: not It's not taking – and now preseason games are not taking uh, – it's not to the advantage of the top of your roster. It's who finishes your roster, the lower part of it, because that's what you're evaluating.
3: Listen. You already know uh, probably the first, what, 30, 35 people you're going to have. is Exactly. Prepared. And I would like to see – believe me, I would also like to see more emphasis on the starters playing more in exhibition games as we get closer to uh, the season starting, the last couple, because that's why we get such bad football in September. Is that nobody exactly. It. Exactly. Hasn't played and Rick next. makes a uh, great point. Some guys look great in shorts
1: and T-shirts. Yeah. But, hey, the first time they get hit in the mouth and they taste their blood, they say, well, <laughs> I don't know if I want to do this anymore.
3: <laughs> well, I didn't know Mike Tyson joined us well, today. It was <laughs> – what
2: do you think of Sean Payton making the starters play for Denver? Like it's a regular season game. It seems like he's being a little hard on Russell
3: Wilson. Uh, Maybe he is, and maybe he should be hard on Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson was baby last year, and that was a big part of what happened to Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos last year. The coach created a chasm between the players And he's trying to say Russell Wilson is just like everybody else.
1: Yeah, and I think what he's trying to do is, you mentioned it earlier when you were talking about it, is September is the worst time for players because of timing because they don't play that much in the preseason. Now, if you get Russell Wilson to play a couple of quarters, his timing will be better at the beginning of the year. You Hopefully, you don't get a lot of injuries, but that's a part of football.
3: Agreed. Agreed. You know, I think you'll have less injuries if you played more in a preseason anyway overall. But good, you wanna, good job, you, Jack. You, I was you gonna wanna, bring that copy,
2: But you want to copy game conditions, yet the coaches have players hold hold back. Like Micah Parsons hit Dak Prescott the other day, and he was pulled aside by Mike McCarthy. Oh no, you can't put hands on him, you know, you have to him. You might not mean you hit him hard. And knock them over and fall on them. I understand that. But why is the quarterback completely off limits? Well, I you want to get rid of the Don Ball you won't get
4: hit.
3: Exactly. They also you need to learn to absorb hits. We have talked about this a hundred times, right? And and I know Jim has is, is commented on this that you don't players don't learn to absorb hits, and that's, that's why they that's, get hurt when they do that's get why hit. they get hurt. And
1: right. I agree with you, and maybe you're not acclimated to game situations, right? Yeah, that, that's the big thing. Your body has to get used to getting hit.
0: So, keep right. keep. Let's get back to the Patriots. Sure. Uh We were talking about Pop Douglas there. He he's a slot guy, and and they're starting to bring the tight end in more. It's starting. This is what the Patriots were known for: a, a nice little slot guy, a couple good athletic tight ends that could catch the ball and block and run with the ball sometimes and even lead block. This is where I see the Patriots. I'm starting starting to get juiced by the Patriots a little bit. I'm thinking maybe they're going to do a lot better than I thought they were going to do over there at AFC East.
3: I'm excited with the change in offense, as I've talked about all along, getting back to more of their roots, uh, at least the roots of uh, their success uh, the last 20 years, controlling the line of scrimmage. The offensive line problems may... Cause a lot of these, this excitement to go away when the real games start. We'll see how that works out. But you know, getting back to the bubble screens and controlling line of scrimmage because it opens up the field down, the things downfield for Mac Jones. The knock on Mac Jones is he can't get the ball down the field. Well, they don't run it. They weren't running schemes that would allow him to get the ball down the field with any success. I don't think either.
1: Let me ask you this question, uh, Keith, about the uh, Patriots.
3: They're really good on
1: defense, as we know. They got Julian and all those guys. And then the Jets are very good on defense. Mm -hmm. But the two most explosive teams on offense are probably Buffalo and Miami. So we're going to find out if the old adage says that defense wins championships. Because the Jets, obviously, are probably in uh, uh, in New England are the best defenses in that division.
3: Yeah, and there's still some question marks in the secondary as we've talked about, but I mean that overall the defense is good. And the benchmark of this team has been the defense over the years. Again, when yeah. they were very good, was they gave up lots of yards. Mm-hmm. They never gave really up much.
1: touchdowns.
3: No, they didn't. They were very bend but but don't, but don't break uh, efficient. Uh, yeah. A lot of people like to look at oh look at all the yards they gave up, and I'm like, well, who won the game, <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah, does Stephon Diggs make it much harder on the Buffalo offense with his hissy fits? Because now anyone playing Buffalo knows Josh Allen's got to throw the ball to Stephon Diggs a lot. Otherwise, Stephon Diggs is going to have a fit.
1: I don't think so because great receivers always whine. They want the ball every – they're open every play. You got three people on them. (laughs) They're open.
2: But Stephon Diggs goes a bit overboard. And what did he okay, say? Sure. He did, but
1: he apologized and said, Hey, I'm all in. I'm 100% in. That's just my. And that is why receivers are like that.
3: Yeah, I think we've reached a point where teams realize these guys are divas and it's just going to happen.
2: Yeah, and Jim uses the excuse, well, they say they just want to win. I mean, that's what the receivers say. They just want to win. So we're supposed to condone their behavior.
1: But great receivers, they say Jerry Rice was a
0: diva, you know. And they said, "Oh, Michael Urban was." The but leader. he didn't. He didn't he disrupt. But, but Jim, but Jim, he didn't just. He did disrupt practice. He didn't come go on the sideline and and act like a little baby. I mean, it's different. Yeah. Stephon
3: Diggs is, is the, an interrupt. You just I got to deal with that personality. I remember him throwing a big hissy fit after not getting the I, MVP I, in the Super Bowl. I know that. Yeah, Gary Rice. Yeah, so
0: I, I, I deal with. it. I, I deal with it. I I. But that's just their personality. The as a head coach,
1: um, so to make sure they're not disruptive.
0: Yeah, you need Go a couple ahead. leaders in that in that locker room to tell them sit down and shut up. That's what you need, Keith. Um, the some load management there. Uh, Stevenson, they're kind of taking their time with them. They're not giving as many as much work as they did last year. Your two tackles are interesting to me. They don't know whether load management or they're unhappy with their contracts, especially Trent Brown?
3: Uh, Trent Brown's totally out of shape. That's his biggest issue. I don't think it's a contract issue with Trent Brown. I think if you look at him, he looks like a Thanksgiving Day uh, Day balloon right now. He's huge and not in good game shape. I think that's part of the problem. Now, that's a good reason to practice him, I think, as well. Um to to get him in shape, but you know, it, again, the load management thing. There's two sides to this because Ramondae Stevenson comes in this conversation as well because he hasn't been in a lot of, uh, gotten a lot of reps uh, the early in training camp, and they were asking him about. It. He's frustrated, but they're trying to probably save some of the wear and tear on him for the regular season. I agree with that. And so I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here too. I know that, but you yeah. hold, as Jim said, you only get 10 days in pads. You got to make use of them and it really isn't doing well, To me,
1: things. it's different for linemen on yeah. both sides, offense and defense, because yeah. of the physical nature of it. They're going to get hit the majority of plays, so they have to be in better shape as far as preparing themselves for that. Running backs, they're taking a, a load by running the ball, obviously, and they're getting hit at a high, and most teams don't run, play their running backs a yeah. lot in the preseason, so that's yeah. not
3: a problem. And the other side of that line with uh, Reef, he's been he's been hurt, and he's also getting outplayed by McDermott, so he may lose his job. The Patriots are not very deep, so there's a lot of injuries and and whatever on this on this offensive line right now. Strange has been hurt. Um, it's they need to get deeper somehow. I don't know how you can do it. I don't know that there's any offensive tackles available that are any good right this minute. There may be some available as guys get cut, but. Depth is going to be a problem on this offensive line all year for sure. If they play their, if their top five guys play well, and stay healthy, stay healthy probably that's should come. In yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, that's um, a detriment yeah. to the offense when your offensive line is
3: yeah. not good. Yeah, and so I'm not confident in the, in the uh, depth of this this line more than anything. else. <clears> so we'll see how that goes, and it's very important to what they're going to run. So. But listen, I'll tell you another thing. The Patriots are, at yeah. different times have had really bad offensive lines and had really good teams because when they run these little bubble screens and these quick these quick hitters, it takes the pressure off. The quarterback. Yeah, but you also got to remember they had one of the greatest quarterbacks of all well, time. Well, that's a good point. I can't, yeah. I can't discount the fact the guy was running yeah, the that's off. That's right. speaking, of,
2: speaking of quarterbacks, okay, we know Matt wants Zappi to be starting for New England. How <laughs> long of a leash does Mac Jones have?
3: as long as possible if he doesn't get hurt he'll be the quarterback for 16 17 games definitely or more hopefully more <laughs> but I he's not he's got a long leash he's playing too. really well he's grasping everything that they're doing he's happy that's a big thing too he's happy with the way that that bill o'brien is approaching practices they have a plan every single day where last year They didn't necessarily do that. They're cleaning up some of the things that were were a mess. We talked about how bad the offense was last year as far as play calling and and efficiency. The penalties killed them all year last year as well on the offensive line specifically. And they've been better at least again at a practice situation. It's different when we get in the game. We know that. But he's cleaning things up and Mac Jones is really happy on the other side of this. He's really happy with Bill O'Brien. So it matters.
0: Yeah, they, they were pretty undisciplined last year. Keith, oh. Let's let's get to college football. Um, unprecedented moves, right? P the, the Pac-12 is is no longer, and the Big Twelve is taking over, and Florida State may be going to the you know to the uh, Southeast uh, or yeah the Southeast Conference. Yeah, I want to talk about Notre Dame's. Whether you like it or not, they still have a presence in college football. Do you think that maybe if Notre Dame joined the ACC that Florida State would never think of leaving or that that maybe the ACC could have drew more teams?
3: I'm not sure that Notre Dame alone could make that difference in the ACC right now. I'm not sure I'm not sure and now thing that, and people talk about Notre Dame and the Big Ten all the time, right? but people forget is they have an agreement with the ACC to play X amount of games you know yeah. they're not a full member. But they also have a contract that says if they join a league, it will be the ACC. So it's going to cost them money if they want to go somewhere else. For the ACC to survive, I, I think they need Notre Dame. I really do. I, but they need a little bit more. There was talk this past week before everything came down, and Colorado started all these uh, tidal waves, amazingly enough, that Colorado could affect everything this much. But it really did start the the ball rolling. Um, there were rumors that the ACC and the pac Twelve may form some kind of merger to have I a conference to, or uh, sorry a uh, coastal coast to coast presence. It won't happen now when there's only going to be Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State left. there
1: is. It, yeah, that's I mean, and and those really
3: teams, and those teams are left out in the cold. They've got to find a place to go. I mean, they're not going to find a power conference to go to. Though maybe maybe the Big tw- uh, the Big Ten, has talked about if they go to twenty. Uh, they'll add Cal and Stanford because they get that Oregon State is still
1: out and um, yeah, that's interesting. Oregon State is in the worst position.
3: They're probably going to be looking at the Mountain West or someplace. Yeah. That those remaining teams would be my guess, which is not a bad football conference, by the way.
1: Yeah, uh, but that's nothing not, close to what the Pac-12 was or some of those bigger top Power Five.
3: Even the Big Twelve, even the Big Twelve, with the moves that they've made to try to to uh, uh, change the league with Oklahoma and Texas leaving last year next year. Um, they don't match up. There's no there's I no know. brand name there. They're, they brought in some good football teams. Don't get me wrong. Utah is the best team now. They will be the best team and the best brand there. There's no yeah. when Oklahoma and Texas are brands, right? And this yeah. is the thing with realignment. This is the thing with realignment too. The Oklahoma and Texas are going to find out when they go to the SEC. They're no longer the brand of the league. Exactly. That's Alabama yeah. and Georgia and LSU.
1: And I looked at
3: this. Um, Oklahoma could go
1: in the direction of Nebraska. They're closer to being another Nebraska than to being a dominant team at SEC. And Tyler. it's because of demographics.
3: Yeah, Recruiting changes. Everything changes right. when you do this type of move. And USC and UCLA better watch out for the – well, UCLA right. to a lesser extent. Again, you're no longer the brand. USC was the Pac-12 for decades. Yeah, right. You know, so even when they were bad, right. they were still the brand. You know, so it's gonna. It, the the nope. whole landscape has changed, and it's going to get very interesting. Yep. This also affects the twelve team playoff, by the way. You're because right. Right now, it's the best six conference champions. Well, <laughs> we only really got two power conferences or three, maybe left. It's gonna after the first year. This may all change how they bring these twelve teams in. We always can change Stanford
1: for Vanderbilt.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, they're, that they're was, uh,
4: shot at Robert. Hey man, I've been trying to get rid of Vanderbilt for years.
3: Listen, Robert uh, graduated ahead of his class at Vanderbilt. The way I heard it, <laughs> right ahead man, of. I can barely, barely spell Vanderbilt
4: without googling. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I admit I ain't that smart.
3: Well, maybe it was Carlos. Maybe it was Carlos that graduated. <laughs>
4: Probably in his own mind, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Smartest guy yeah. in the world, just asking, you
0: know. oh. Oh, Sorry, hey, folks. Sorry, folks. Sorry, folks. They're all inside Joe. <laughs> These are all inside Joe's. Carlos is a, is a uh, help out Keith, and you know, so Car- Carlos, the mad New Yorker, they're talking about Keith. Thanks Boy, for joining us. Was. We'll see you Robert, again next Keith, week, Keith, uh, uh, have a good show. Have a great
3: hey, night, you. Man.
0: Take care, a Keith. Right. So okay, week. Keith. Thank you. So there you go, folks. Keith Angle, TGI Sports, comment on the Patriots and college football. We now have Robert Butler from Sports Scope with a K joining us. Robert, welcome mm-hmm. to the the big football show
4: hey guys glad to be here we're getting closer all right yes we are yes we We got a lot of stuff to talk to uh, you about oh man
0: let's let's start with jamar chase he says he doesn't want uh joe burrows uh playing until he's a hundred percent um you know uh, of course burrows is up for a contract he gets yeah. injured again. The owner's got a big decision to make. Does he make them the highest player? Uh, Jamar Chase is chiming in. Uh, I mean, what, are you going to have the second string quarterback play for the first six, eight games?
4: Yeah, Trevor Simeon would be that guy. And if you're, they are kind of cut between a rock and a hard place, if you really think about it. This division is so competitive this year. Uh, I'm expecting a lot out of Cleveland, man. I, I mean – Cleveland looks really good. Baltimore's got probably the best offense they've had in probably 10 years on paper. And then you look at Kenny Pickett, what they did around him with Pittsburgh. It's very strong there. Uh, Chase says he set out an extra game so he can be ready for the playoffs. And he was the leading receiver in the playoffs uh, for Cincinnati in every single game except for the AFC championship game. Uh, only inked out by one reception by T Higgins, so I understand what he's saying. They're windows now because when this cut, when when T Higgins comes up for renewal, they're obviously going to renew uh, uh, Jamar Chase. We know Burroughs is sitting there, that big contract. We talked about that last week,
1: Keith. I mean, you can correct Robert. I'm sorry, Robert. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Joe Burrow said that he's not looking for the biggest contract, he's looking for a contract. That he can keep his personnel.
4: Yeah, he wants to keep those guys uh-huh. there. You just wonder mm-hmm. how much he's, how much of a hometown or discount or whatever, you, however you want to make it out to be. Uh, because
1: he yeah. is, uh, I mean, this kid is unique. Did yeah. you know that because of him they built the indoor facility? Yeah, I talked about have- it
4: last week. Was you yeah. remember last week? I can't remember. <laughs> well, I can't. I mean, my shows that. run together.
1: Yeah, but, but that's the thing. This kid has made an impact on Cincinnati Burroughs. He's a unique personality.
4: Yeah. yeah I if mean, you throw the cap out, he's yeah. worth it to be high oh, yeah. player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well,
2: you're talking about sacrifices with the Bengals. Joe Mixon took a pay cut to stay yes. with the Bengals. Yeah. But now off the field issues are resurfacing again. And this isn't the first time. He's had a couple of incidents, and it's got to be a little bit concerning.
4: Yeah, the NFL said uh, I read something. I don't. I don't have all the details, guys. About the NFL looking into college career, off the field incidents. In reference to, as an example, Joe Mixon's incident back at Oklahoma. Not sure if they should go there, but uh, Joe Mixon. I, I didn't hear about another incident, Jack. That's that's yes, news. To well, me. you remember somebody shot a, um,
1: at a uh, kid. Yes. The next door neighbor, that's what he's talking about. Jim. Oh,
4: okay. I don't know if there was addition to that.
1: No. And, that oh, okay. was, and he's getting sued for that.
4: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He had some kind of links there. Uh this was six or seven months ago, I think.
1: Yeah. And then I'm sure uh Mac is gonna talk
0: about Alvin Kamara too.
5: Yeah. That's right
0: thank you, thank you, Jim. We're
5: gonna get ready
3: for <laughs>
0: that now. Yeah.
4: Him he and, knows the lineup, his, Jim. You got it memorized. I think Max going to
2: talk about how they, him, he wishes the Giants had Alvin Kamara in the backfield with Stephon Barkley. That's what Mac will talk about.
0: Him him, and his partner are crying near the Colts' a defensive back, no. Chris Lemon. Yeah. Uh, they both are uh, – they're both uh, in trouble. They get three-game suspensions. Um, in your opinion, is that severe enough for uh, – I mean, he could be in jail. If the guy didn't drop the ch- yeah. charges because of the video, he probably would have been in jail. So do you think that that's uh, a, a big enough uh, uh, you know, penalty for him to pay? Like I, Mark, I just want to cut in ahead, just
2: one thing. I don't think the charges were dropped. I think he made a plea deal out of yeah. Kamara admitting yeah. guilt. In exchange, he's not going to have any jail time. <laughs>
4: Well, they right. don't think they're felony charges now no I don't know I'm I, I don't I don't think they're felony charges now the plea deal was pleading to a lesser to a lesser charge essentially
0: yeah yeah, he pleaded Man, to
4: this I feel he like a, I, mean, to I, I took one legal class, media law. I'm, like, yeah. I'm, I'm not a, co- a lawyer, but I did yeah. stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night.
2: <laughs> <laughs> According from what I understand, Roger Goodell, whose father was a United States senator, and whose father, Charlie Goodell, who was a Republican, went against his own party's president, Richard Nixon, during the Vietnam War. Roger Goodell believes in principle. He wants the players to admit when they did wrong. If they understand mm-hmm. it, he'll work along with them. And Alvin Kamara, Kamara at least has said all the right things. He said yeah. he's guilty. But my whole problem with this.
1: they do different with the players than the management, the, car, the owners. Yeah. It is totally different. Because you always hear about these suspension, and I agree with – the gambling and some of these things that are going on with the players. But what about the management? They're doing some things that are kind of shady, too. They're Goodell's boss, yeah. though. The owners are Roger Goodell's boss. And I agree, but is that right? Is that That's just as bad as uh, it, the players?
2: It is. The owners want Roger Goodell to even manage their own to a small extent. Like if a fellow owner does something really bad, all the other owners expect Goodell to do something like take but away his a dollars.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he was forced to sell. He got kicked out of the club, Jim.
1: But he made six, he made quite a bit of money. Yeah, yeah but
4: him. Well, they can't he can't take owning a franchise. And then they, they find him, what, sixty million dollars? He did get a huge fine, yeah. He sure did get a huge fine. What
2: was that? Like two tenths or one percent?
0: Uh, <laughs> Oh, sorry, Mac. We took it to another. Yeah, he <laughs> made he, he made it he made it six billion dollars he made off that sale. That sixty million didn't hurt his pocket that much. Robert, let me ask you yeah. a little bit about Delvin Cook. I mean, he's taking his yeah. time. The Jets, the you know, the Dolphins, the Patriots, uh I I don't know, uh the Cowboys. Where is he going for God's sake?
4: Yeah, Dalvin Cook and those guys are still interested. My thing is it's kind of annoying me when players do this that they want to they want to milk out all the training count, and he signs with a team, then he pulls a hamstring week 1 and then you're out of some money and then you got to pick up another running back uh at, in week 2 here. So I and everything you said, that's the latest I've read as well. Uh Patriots, Dolphins, Uh, The Saints now, Eno Benjamin tore his, uh, ruptured his Achilles. Yeah. They just have Jamal Williams, really, uh, Jim. At the Saints? At the Saints, yeah.
1: No, I didn't know that. Wow. Let me
4: tell you,
2: Dalvin Cook is playing the Jets. He wants to be a Miami Dolphin, his hometown team. He keeps saying that. But meanwhile, he says he's maybe close to signing with the Jets thinking the dolphins will get jealous uh, or they want to keep them away from their competitive, the jets, and then he'll go to Miami, you know, he's using right it as little. some type of power play, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to take this off in a different direction, <laughs> but, um, John Gruden is a consultant for the saints now.
4: Yeah. Yeah. He'd been working with them in the all yeah, season, been- um, working with, yeah. with Carr, and everybody, this is a big season for um God, what's that coach's name. Dennis Allen. Yeah, Dennis Allen there. I mean, they got Michael Thomas's back. Uh sure, we'll Chris back they they really putting a lot into their offense now, yes. and, and they're probably gonna have to sign another running back. Yes,
1: exactly right. There's a bunch of them out there.
4: <laughs> yeah, Zeke Elliott, uh Cook, Kareem Hunt still out there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm going to bring in Stan yet. the
0: man a little early here. Maybe he can he can he can maybe he'll, he can participate in the in the talk a little bit. He's really here to talk about the Giants, and that's why I got him. And of course, yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready. You. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I
2: understand
5: so- one of you is a Jets fan. The Jetsman is Yes, dumb. yes, Jack is. No,
2: no, no, I'm a little stunned here, Bobby Stan, the man. I had no idea who you were that you came on. All of a sudden you came on, I thought, who's back? You know, I'm like a little shook up.
5: Well, you know, from from what I hear, I surprised my mother when I came on. It's
2: where I a Thibodeau sack, you know, seeing you come on. <laughs> well,
5: finally asked Jack to congratulate you on Cleco and Revis going into the <laughs> Hall of Fame. Yeah. They had great speeches yeah. yesterday. You know, hopefully we get some of our guys in there soon. Um, But by all means, I I host a a show that I've had for three seasons previously. It all started when we were kind of going through the the end of the Shermer era. And uh, I came over to the show called Tailgate Talk, where I more or less talk about the NFC East schedule throughout the season, you know, give my picks and predictions against the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Washington, whatever you're going to call them this year, team, and then our game. And then I I laid down like a recipe or whatever. I'm going to cook on the grill or whatever. I live out of market from New York, you know, been removed for probably over 20 years now, more than I want to admit. So I catch most of my games on television, catch a couple of games on the road. And, you know, I love my agita. So I'm I'm looking forward to all this excitement in the next few weeks.
0: All right, all right, Bobby. I mean, you came in, you're taking over the show right away. Thank you for that. And I gotta I gotta get back to Robert here for a second. We yes. we got him on here you for some stories.
4: And, we, <laughs> What's and, up, and we'll get
0: right we we'll get to you guys. Um, so Robert Ozzie Newsom, a great yeah. uh, in the hall of fame as a tight end with the Cleveland Browns mainly. Uh also one of the best GMs in the league when he built up the Baltimore Ravens. Is he gonna be the first? person to be inducted into the hall of fame twice
4: well i don't know about the first but i'll say this I, I, he's definitely a hall of famer uh ed reed ray lewis jonathan ogden you know he drafted orlando brown in the third round and he just got another big contract from cincinnati uh one of my favorite gms out there you know uh guys yeah. like todd heap huh yeah
1: i didn't know that i didn't realize that he you can be inducted twice.
4: Yeah. Yeah, as a general manager and as a and as a, uh, and as a so player he'd be a contributor,
1: he would be inducted as a contributor.
4: Okay. Well, either way, he's he's definitely deserving as a he's been a Hall of Fame player personnel person. <laughs> well, give us some news on Tennessee. Uh, on? the Titans Well, Everything's coming down to the offense. I'll say this, that uh, DeAndre Hopkins had a really good count. He's uh, getting off the line of scrimmage. I'm watching some of the video of him and Traylon Burks going through drills. And you can look. He is a time and a half quicker getting off the line of scrimmage than the second-year guy. Traylon Burks is a much bigger player, big frame. Uh, he He's still got plenty left in the tank. Everything comes back to this. These new addition offensive linemen, they've got Sinorski, uh, Daniel Bronsko out of uh, the 49ers, and Andre Dillard, former Philadelphia Eagle. Uh, you just hope that now in the next week or so, if Tennessee starts making big moves to get another left tackle, you realize that Dillard's probably getting smoked in practice at left tackle. But that news hasn't came out yet, so we'll see. You're hoping that Brable is not uh, deceiving us. <laughs> Because they got a pretty good defensive line. Mm-hmm. So, so Robert, let's yeah,
0: Robert, let's get to the Hall of Fame and and yeah. and and maybe comment on this too. Um, I don't agree with all the inductees that went in there. I, I think some are borderline or almost Hall of Famers, but not quite. You know, they were great for their time, good, good, very good football players. But there are a couple that I have a question about. Do you do you have any questions about any of the inductees? First, you, Robert.
4: Uh not re- I mean you know Revis I thought Revis was the best cornerback in the league uh for a few years there. I mean it, when he was with the with the Jets, man, he was one of the absolute best. You look at Zach Thomas. Uh he led the league in tackles twice. And then you got DeMarcus Ware, he led the sacks <laughs> in the league twice. It's one thing to do it one time. It's another thing when you're being game-planned for. And you need to look at the Denver uh, Broncos, what he did. He actually lifted them to another level. I know they had Von Miller. But a lot of people thought he was washed up when he signed with Denver. And you could tell his presence was known there. Uh, so I don't, you know, those later senior inductees before my time, I mean, I had, I couldn't dig into the 70 stats or whatever. But those three, I'm okay with it. Uh, Rondé Barber. I mean, look at the consistency, you know. Look at the consistency uh, that he played with. Now, a lot of guys, it it works against you if you play on a great defense with other Hall of Famers, you know. But look at the Steelers, the Steel Curtain. Look how many Hall of Famers they had. All right. So, I mean, I'm okay with it.
0: Do you have any problems with any inductees?
5: How are you, about Not so much for this. not, not, Not so much for this year, you know. I mean, I, I watched more than half this class play on the field. So by all means, they made some great contributions. You know, I, I think the process is getting really, really, really complicated over the years to narrow the list down to 15 and down to, down to 10, down to five and so forth. And, you know, that, that's what's tough, uh, by all means. But no, no disappointments about who. I just question.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fair enough. Um, Robert, any of the uh, top 10 quarterbacks, you know, they the hundred best NFL uh, players, any of the top 10 quarterbacks that surprised you?
4: Uh, You know, not really. Now this is more of a player's type of, uh, you know, the players like dynamic and whatnot. I may have put Burrow above Allen because of his accuracy, but that could change, you know, and I know Jalen Hurts is a little bit lower. The players want to see if he can be more consistent. Same thing with Herbert and Lawrence. Uh, They were down in the 20s as as overall players. Uh, You want to see some more consistency from those guys, but I I think think they pretty much got it right. You know, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen uh, as those top three Rodgers, they're looking at Rodgers now. They're not looking at Rodgers in his prime. They were looking at Brady last year when they were doing the one for Brady, not Brady in his 2008, you know, when he broke all the records.
1: Prescott was in the top ten, wasn't he? Uh, <laughs>
4: was I did it? not check. it. I don't think – I think he's right there. I have to go back and look.
0: He was
1: either six or nine.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's, you know.
0: Yeah. There's see, there's my first yeah. problem, and as far as Trevor Lawrence goes, as far as Trevor Lawrence goes, why does he even doing close to the top ten? He is not a, he is not a top ten quarterback. Lawrence is not a top ten quarterback. Uh,
1: see, I would have to
0: disagree. <laughs> I'm
1: serious on Trevor Lawrence. I think he, he is, and his project uh, he's going up, yeah. and then he's got a coach that can coach now. And I think that helps him in Doug Peterson.
2: No, no, Jim, Max saying just at the current time, we're not talking about Trevor Lawrence's upside. He has a lot of it. Maybe by the end of the season, he'll be a top 10 quarterback. But right at this moment, you have to put him a little outside the top 10. Uh, Who are you going to put in front of him? I could go over a whole list. I mean, I go over the... AFCE start. I mean, you put Aaron Rodgers ahead of him right now. You put Josh Allen obviously ahead of him. Even Tua at, at this moment, Tua injury free. Mahomes, Justin agree. Herbert ahead of him. I mean, Jalen Hurts obviously. You could, even Kirk Cousins at this moment. I went to you know, if yeah, you want to talk yeah. about Trevor Lawrence's upside. Yeah, he'll get – I feel he'll get that, definitely, but
4: not at this moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's – agree with everything Jackson. It's objective. I mean, it it, it just depends on – you look at the way he played last year, towards the end of last year, and you're looking at how he's going to play this year, coming in from the last seven games of last year. He's only in the year three. I mean, it, it's yeah. good to give him more of a survey size, but you can see where it's going with him the trajectory, yeah. and he's going yeah, to pass exactly. Kirk I can tell you that. <laughs> I
2: think
4: he's going to be a
0: good NFL quarterback. So I, I, I'm,
4: that's I Listen, I
1: don't,
0: I, be I don't know if I agree he'll be better than Kirk. I don't know if I agree he'll be better than Kirk Cousins or not. Oh, I, I don't be think
1: oh, wow. is going to
2: be a great quarterback. That's Because
0: he can play at night.
1: Kirk Cousins so. can't play at night.
2: Yeah. Jim doesn't like Kirk. Doesn't. It's personal to Jim, Max, so don't go there. No, it man. isn't. It? I'm just yes. telling you, this guy paid,
1: gets millions and In millions of dollars
2: when the line is, no. when the game is on the line. He doesn't produce. The two quarterbacks you will never give credit to, Jim, because it's personal. Kirk Cousins and Kyler Murray will never give either one credit. Kyler
1: Murray does not. Pay. Hey, Kyler Murray is a me guy. It's all about Kyler Murray. That's, mm. that's the honest. Kirk Cousins is a daytime player. Once the lights come on, he is out of it. And yeah. what's Kirk Cousins' uh, one?
0: Cousins' hey, what is what is what has what
2: has Trevor Lawrence won? this
4: they is won a the playoff game last 20. year. Yeah. And they won a division last year. That's right. Yeah, the one, and the one yeah.
2: playoff game they won, didn't he yeah. throw four or five interceptions in that game?
4: They had four or five touchdowns too, though. Yeah, that's true. And they came back and beat uh, that's you know
0: beat the Chargers.
4: Down what, 28 points, 27 L.A. points. It was uh or 25. I'm not
1: points. I'm not down on Kirk Cousins. My son played with him and he I think he's a phony. That's it. <laughs> you you must it have up. watched
4: that that Netflix documentary. Wow. Yeah.
1: I'm just wow. telling you, and my son
4: right. was All in right. the- hey they're <laughs> getting inside here, Mac. Yeah. All right,
0: Robert. I see that, Robert. Robert, you're supposed to be giving me the insight here on the show, Robert. Any of the other big stories you got? Wait, 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 Oh, I'm sorry to
2: cut in on Robert. I'll, no, it's I'll, I'll it's uh,
4: this this whole college football thing. I mean, if you look at next season, it's the most anticipated season in the history of college football. With Ohio's or well, not Ohio State too. They'll be playing against USC. Oregon, Washington, now. No, not until next year, right? It's 2024, right? Yeah, next year. Oh, okay. Okay, Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma and Texas are going to be playing uh, in the SEC with the 12-team playoff. You know, that Georgia-Ohio State playoff game got 20 million people watching. That's more than Major League Baseball, NBA, playoff, and regular season. Now, of course, 49 million people watched. Dallas and 49ers it's not quite NFL mm-hmm. but college football ratings wise is the second most popular sport yeah. in the United States who would have thought 20 years ago that it would pass the NBA yeah but that's alliances
1: to your college too you got to remember because yeah. everybody all these teams have a huge alumni uh, yeah I'm excited about, about the big football. matchups
5: guys yeah that's a big thing about college football it goes down to tradition and rivalries that yeah. Those things have been itched in stone since yeah. the beginning of time, you know? Yeah. Um, So you see a lot less bandwagon that's jumping true. in college football.
1: Exactly, because that's where you went to school at, and that's where your allegiance for the majority of time. You now, you. with the transfer rule, you might have <laughs> went to five or six schools.
5: <laughs> you know, my I think my biggest challenge big about college football ever. right now yeah. is – the process of picking the four playoff teams now versus the old BCS system, I mean, we're, we start off the season looking at two, at least two, possibly three teams already in the playoffs, so college year after year. So that that becomes a bit difficult. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I agree. No, I agree. Bobby, we were talking a, a moment ago about – So, Robert, you got – Oh, I I just want to ask Bobby. We're talking about players who are a little overhyped. A moment ago, we're talking about a couple of quarterbacks. What about Thibodeau? To me, one of the most overhyped players. I think he's a draft (laughs) bust to be taken number five overall. It doesn't mean he's not a okay player. If you took him in the fourth round, he's good enough to hold a roster spot. Okay, he can play years in the league. You could give him a roster spot. I'm not saying cut him. He's good enough to stick with the team, but come on. I mean, if you're counting heavily on him and you're the Giants, he's going to play maybe four good games this year and 13 games he won't show up for. Something like that.
5: See, and I was trying to be a sweet guy because it's Sunday. But, (laughs) but Mac, I can tell you I expect to get a few jabs from little brother today. So (laughs) I'll say this. During Klecko's speech in my head, I kept hearing Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. Okay, so we got to get him in the Hall of Fame soon. But to go back to Thibodeau, look, he's going into a sophomore season in the league. He's matriculated a bit. You know, the guy got held on on so many different uh, plays last year, which which is part of the game. Don't get me wrong, but he's going to work those kinks out. So looking at a guy and a talent like that coming in a year or two, I expect to see him do some some bigger things. Thank so if you Bobby. want to purely look at last year, look, that's learning curve as far as I'm concerned. Thank you,
2: Bobby. No, no, Jim understands this. There's a certain phoniness to these pass rushes. Like, uh, no, the guys who can't get to the quarterback, after the quarterback releases the ball and the guy blocking them eases off just a little bit because the quarterback's gotten rid of the ball – That's when a guy like Thibodeau has that last burst. So he's close to the quarterback. He puts a hand on the quarterback. And the commentators are mentioning the way he nearly sacked the quarterback. In other words, he tries to make himself look good as opposed to being effective.
5: Well, I'll say this much, okay? In the next couple of weeks, we're going to have this big, huge debate in New York about One number eight versus another number eight. And you know how the New York sports market is. When you come to play in New York as a veteran in any given sport, in any given New York franchise, the local fans don't care about what your resume was before you got there. Once you put our uniforms on, it's about what you do in that moment. And we're going to see something different this year. All
0: right okay, all right, Bobby don't don't pay okay. attention to Jack he I just want the that up all day Monday. long
5: eight oh. versus eight. Yeah. I, I just expect yeah. it
0: yes, yes. So, you
5: know? so
4: okay Robert you got you got anything else for us before you go um, before? you know I was really real quick I mean I, I really don't know what the Lakers were thinking with two years left, two years left on Anthony Davis's deal. With his injury history, That's true. they give him a three year extension with, with LeBron hanging on by threats. Uh, this is very Kobe Bryant like in the last two years. This is more about selling tickets rather than looking towards the future there. Uh, you just wonder, after they made so many good moves, you know, and I don't care what the Lakers do, I'm just looking at it from a national analyst perspective. So many great moves at the trade deadline, they look like a mature organization. Then they stint Anthony Davis by three years, and he'll be about you know, 35. So 2028. Happen,
1: Go ahead, Jim. LeBron has told him, Hey, I'm only going to do it so many more years, and yeah. they needed that marquee figure to um, be uh, the because uh, LeBron has even said Anthony Davis is going to be
4: the face of the organization, and maybe that's yeah. what he did I guess they're thinking that Ham can keep him injury free, just play through any injury and, you know, yeah. more power to him. I mean, kudos to Anthony Davis, but uh, yeah, I, I got a feeling they're going to regret the, those last two years of that contract. Thank God
1: that Anthony Davis is not Thibodeau.
4: He's not K1 Thibodeau.
2: And, no, <laughs> unless Anthony Davis is hurt, he's going to perform at the same level. Uh, the Lakers are actually smart, I think, to sign Anthony Davis now because you let him get closer to free agency, you, you never know where he might want to go because the NBA yeah. is like no, a oh. want to go to different teams yeah. where their friend plays, and it's not the way it used to be where they just want to play in New York or Los Angeles. They'll go anywhere to play if their friends are there and they can win a championship.
4: Yeah. They're always about today. They really? never really okay. look yeah. towards the future, but that's the Lakers for you. <laughs> yeah. it is. It is. you never know Excited what you're going to get.
0: Hey, Robert, thanks for, hey. Hey, Robert, thanks hey. for coming in. Robert thanks from Sportsman, check him out. He's on every social stand. You're still with us, buddy. So, uh, <laughs> Robert, thank you for, <laughs> for no coming in. Too, yeah. All, All right, right All right, buddy. Okay.
3: All right. Um, All
0: right. So, Stan, I know I, I I think I told you come on in at 9:30 but maybe you thought I said 8:30 or maybe the time's different uh, for you over there. Nice. So yeah. you still got time to talk some Giants?
5: Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Plenty of time to Plenty of time okay. to talk football. All right. All right. So let's
0: let's look at the Giants training camp. Every fan looks at the training camp and they say, "Oh, my team looks good, blah blah blah." Training camp lately. And, and I see some of your videos that, that you post up there. What, did, what players stood out more in the training camp this year than others?
5: There's a couple, you know. Um, definitely Hodgins. Um, definitely, you know, Daniel Jones looks a little bit cleaner, you know, in his throws and his accuracy this year. Uh, but I would say that the keys to me are our wide receivers, our corners, okay, and... Um, so in that group of wide receivers, I, w- I would definitely put a kid in there who we, who's an undrafted free agent, Bryce Ford uh, Wheaton, who, you know, given injuries in our, our history in the past at the, at the position, we could call him off the practice team. You know, guy's got a nice 6'4 frame. He made some great catches in camp. I'd love to see this guy make the, uh, the final roster. But I think either way it goes, we might be going to him either way, you know. Um, you know, we we, we really face potential, you know, turmoil in the, the wide receiver position because of our injury history with Shepard and so forth. You know, Wondell's not healthy. So this is a key part of our offense that has been our Achilles heel over the last few seasons. And we really want to get Jones up to easily 35 to 40 passes a game. You know, it's something we didn't see last year. Our, our best receiver last year, averaged less than five targets a game last year. So that's the state of our our, yeah. our passing offense. So I'm really, really looking forward to what we can do there. Um, we face off against four of the top five corner duos this year. Okay? We've got Dallas twice and, and Diggs and Gilmore. Yeah. We've got, in Seattle, Woolen and Witherspoon. Then we've got Philly twice with Slay and, and Bradbury. And then we've got Ramsey and uh, Howard down in Miami. So, again, it's going to be a great, great challenge. So, yeah, I paid a lot of attention to the wide receiver group. Um, As far as our corners go, you know, we got to give Tate Banks a little bit of time to kind of get himself straight into the league. Um, But I really think our front four, our pass rush, is going to make the key difference on on what we see on our defense. Yeah, so the positions I'm worried about most are interior, our guards and our middle linebacker. Definitely. Yeah, because of the injury. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. Okay.
2: Giants moved up in the draft to take Highland. Well, how know. much? How heavily are they counting on them? You know, a rookie to perform at a high level.
5: It's. Yeah, it's one of those things that's gonna make it's gonna make or break that decision. I mean, and, and that's just it. You know, I'm not so much as critical on the talent as I am the decisions that come out of the front office because we moved up to take um in, in 20, 2019. We moved up to take Baker and we left him, you know, we met left DK Metcalf on the table, you know. So there's there's decisions like that, that that kind of question what this team you know where the where the brains of this team is really going at times, you know? because during the Gettleman years, it's like we needed to get our plumbing fixed, but the guy knocked out our drywall. You know, so it's like here we are solid in certain areas, and then we start taking down a peg here. We make some moves over here. Sometimes our pass rush is not great. We've got a decent secondary. Then we take the experience out of the secondary? The pass rush is great, and now we've got a younger group. You know, on the well, the could,
2: things, could things have worked out with Kadarius Tony? Now he's with the Chiefs, and he figures to be a prominent player with them. Could things have worked hurt? out with him?
5: No, no, that just turned out to be a bad deal. You know, over and above everything else, I mean, it, you, I, you know, I, you
0: know, Bobby, Bobby, I. I I don't agree with you necessarily on the front office. I think the front office has made some incredible moves. Signing uh a nice tight end in Waller. I think oh, yeah. I think Hyatt's gonna be fine. Ryan. He's he's one of the he's one of the fast he's one of the fastest guys in the league. And I think uh, from what I saw in training camp, he's got good hands. The major concern I got about the Giants is what I've had for the last, I don't know, four or five years is the offensive line. They've never uh-huh. been able to get a uh, Five players playing all together for one year. And chemistry on the offensive line is more important than anything, I think, anything in, on the offense. They haven't been able to do that yet. And now Evan uh, Neal has a concussion, and uh, maybe only a minor one, but wow. still takes away practice time. And that's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about uh, Daniel Jones getting hit too much and, and running too much. And I'm concerned about Saquon Barkley getting hit too much. So that's my biggest concern with the Giants this year. And my point is, Saquon, can he be happy
1: with a one-year deal, which I think is totally wrong for a player that caliber. But can he also – is he going to be happy? Because if he even gets a ding,
2: he ain't going to play. And that will be terrible for the Giants. He's playing for next year's contract, Jim, as well. Yeah, but
1: if he gets – You think it was any little tweak that he's going to go out there – and put himself in that position.
5: Yeah, I mean, he's obviously, he's playing without a net this season. Yes. You know, that's that's the reality of the situation, and we've seen that with other players. You know, the only difference is, like, Dak did that. Yeah. He got hurt, but he got his contract. Mm-hmm. In the case of Barkley, it's, it's a matter of, you know, again, it really boils down to us as an offensive unit staying healthy. It's going to take, and I agree you with Matt on this – it's going to take us at least the first three to four games before we see this offensive line gel together to really see what they're made of. It's going to take us a couple of games to see what our passing game looks like. So if you have a guy like Barkley or Jones goes down, go down in, in any time of the season, it's going to have a dramatic effect on our, no our, our offense without a doubt, right? I agree. But without agree. Barkley coming into this season had he sat out, that the, the entire offense is playing without a safety net because this is the guy who you rely on who you lean on mm-hmm. when you get that pressure when Jones can't make you know his reads in time, Barkley's the outlet. now with Waller, I'm excited about Waller absolutely you know without a doubt you know it's just you're like-
2: excited about him but can he stay on the field he's been hurt for a couple of years. And if the Raiders are going to move on from him, the lowly Raiders, how much can you expect from him? You know, with the Giants, I know what he's done before. I know his upside, but what are the chances he's going to be healthy most of the year?
5: Well, see, that's that's the gamble, that's the roll of the dice. Because really, when you look at every key component of our offense for the last five, six seasons, there's there's not a guy in our offense who is an injury prone. You know, there's just not. I mean. Last year was an anomaly in in many ways because we had Barkley and Jones healthy, okay? We, as a third-place team, we got into the playoffs as a wild card, which I don't see that happening two years in a row. You know, so we had a lot of really unusual things happen, but the reality of the situation is we're vulnerable in in those positions. We're vulnerable as far as our health goes, and it plays a big factor. So we can keep Barkley and Jones both healthy, throughout the season or at least through three quarters of the season that might put us in a great position to see some progress, you know, some forward progress, which is what I right. really want to see accomplished in year two of the whole Dable, you know, ship, uh, Shane error, you know, without a doubt,
0: you know, you know, Bob, you know, Bobby, I don't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be happy with that. I, they got to go to the playoffs again. You got to take that step. And, yeah. and you know, what separates everybody looks at the wide receivers and the quarterbacks and all that stuff and in and, and the cornerbacks. What separates the Cowboys and the Eagles for the Giants? And I have to go back to it again. The Cowboys and the Eagles have great offensive lines. Uh-huh. We'll see what happens with Zach Martin, but they have great offensive lines, and they and, and they can pass protect. They can run the ball well. That's what the Giants need. And maybe next year they go into draft heavy and they draft offensive linemen. I don't know. I'm just hoping that they can, as you said, gel together because we got a tough man. schedule coming up, man. It we're we're, we're, we're playing schedule.
5: 10 games. away. Just, just understand this, Mac. Okay. Game one, week one, is playoff implications against Dallas because sure. the reality of the situation is, and I, I need you to hear this out, is – for us to make the playoffs, we need the NFC East to be the strongest division in football this season. We need to see a 14 and three Eagles team. Then either we're the second place team or we've got to have a better third place record than any other second place team in our in our, in our conference. You know? And so when you look at that, you look at the fact that we're, we got Dallas, the 49ers. The Raiders, the Seahawks, Miami, Buffalo. We're going in against the AFC East and the NFC East right there. Those are the games that we really truly have to hone in. Yeah, but
1: Bobby, you're putting too much emphasis on one game, the first game of the year.
5: I'm just saying
1: put that emphasis on it. I would love for Dallas to
5: win. But the the bottom line line is, I mean, think about it like this, okay? The bottom line is your divisional games. OK, the divisional games are important because the bottom line is we could we could both end up 10 and 7 with Dallas. And if, I agree with those two game game games in the playoffs and we're out.
1: If you've noticed divisional games are not as important in this NFL as it was in the past, because that's what we grew up with. You got to win your divisions. But now because of 17 games, you have chances now to recover. And you saw it last year with certain teams, they recovered after bad starts. And you love to win all your divisional games. Dallas, what, has lost one or two in the last uh, four years. But they still haven't went to the Super Bowl. So it's about a league. If you can beat the teams in the AFC East or other teams you're facing, that gives you uh, an advantage. Yeah, Bobby, also,
2: speaking of Dallas, the most optimistic giant fans seem to feel the Eagles a little out of reach as far as winning the division. They're talking about second place beating out the cowboys. Why the lack of respect for the cowboys? They've been 12 and five the last two years. It's the quietest 12 and fives I've ever seen. That's an excellent record, two years in a row, 12 and five, and people are making it out like, "Oh, the cowboys are due to slip. They're not that good. We can beat them out.
5: The Cowboys remind me of Aaron Rodgers back as the Packers quarterback, okay? No, no disrespect to Aaron, no disrespect to his career, but let's face it. Him playing all those years in the NFC East, I mean, NFC uh, uh, North, gave him an advantage because he went into a season looking, staring down the barrel at at least a 5-1 and to 6-0 oh situation in his own division.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing, too, right. is he owned the NFC West or the NFC North. Right. He owned he was now we're right.
5: going to the, the, the AFC East, you know, which is a completely different animal. So we're going to see what he does in this situation. And I really believe when it comes down to Dallas, okay, Dallas has a great start in the season, you know. The hype is built up. You know, it's at an all-time high going in October. But as I see Dallas Cowboys fans all over this great country, I tell them the same thing. December's always coming.
1: They were um, pretty good in December last year. You know?
5: <laughs> December's always coming. And then there's post postseason, you know? There's, a, there's you always
1: know, a to Remember, the, in Dallas, if you don't win championships, it's a failure. And that's just the reality of it. I've been here. i played here for a long time. If it's all about winning championships, quarterbacks, the Romos, even the Prescott. They don't care how many snaps you have, it's if you're winning
5: championships. Has mm-hmm. it been working I out? I like the Jets. You know, agree, if you I have agree. you go know, and 5, they're gonna have a
1: well, party on Wall Street.
2: <laughs> you you won't be talking that way in February, that's all I'll say. Yeah.
0: So, so 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 Bobby, so I I think that the Giant I think the Giants. This is my prediction. I'm going to get yours. Uh-huh. I think they've tied Dallas for second at like 10-6-1 or something and maybe split okay. with the Cowboys. And I think both of them get in the playoffs. That's what I'm thinking. I, I, I think that's what will happen. Uh-huh. And I think Giants will have an easier path to an NFC championship than Dallas this year. We'll see. That's just what I'm thinking. Well,
1: everybody's, and here's the thing, and I, 10, I
0: have respect for you guys.
1: But Philadelphia, the hardest thing to do is to repeat and especially after you've lost it. And what is Philly talking about? How they got cheated out of the uh, championship game. That's in the back of their mind. And I'm telling you, from being in it, the first time we went to the Super Bowl, it was, we were the hunters. And i am telling you, there's a difference. Now, the second, and that was easy because we were hunting and we we're having a great time. When we went back, we were the hunter. Every Everything looked at us as the Super Bowl. And they thought this was their Super Bowl game. There is a total difference from the first. And I, I'm saying Philly is the most talented team. That's not the question. But can they keep it? Because every week you're going to get the best from every NFL team. I'm just telling you, I know this from, a, from being in that situation. We've never had a, to take a breath. We had to play at our best.
5: So, Jeff, how long has it been since an NFC East team has won a division tw- two years uh,
1: ago? I think it was like uh, two – I think Philadelphia was the last one All that right. won back-to-back, and I think it was in the
2: mm-hmm. 2000s.
1: I don't remember yeah. the exact time, but Philadelphia was the last one that won back-to-back.
2: Yeah, but, but usually, Jim, in most cases I would venture to say – A team that hasn't repeated had the same type of year, didn't have a quarterback that was ascending the way Jalen Hurts is.
1: Well, Cincinnati. Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl, and did they? They were
2: good. They barely missed
1: going. But did they go? Oh,
2: but they barely missed. I didn't
1: ask. Did they they repeat after losing the Super Bowl? That's all
0: I'm asking. Yes or no? It's an easy question, man. Win is a win, a lose a loss is a loss. It does, it doesn't matter how you win by or how much you lose by. So, what, Bobby? What's your prediction? Do you agree with me that we have a shot at maybe getting second place? Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the Eagles. Maybe maybe something the injuries kill them. I don't know. But do you think we can have a good shot at second place this year?
5: I mean, yeah, I think we have a good shot at it. You know, boils down to a number of different factors. But yeah, it, it's, it's it's possible. So y'all well, gonna be fighting
1: yeah. the Eagles for second place? Hmm, interesting.
0: It's possible. It's possible.
5: We'll see. Now, we'll we'll see. tell you this. We'll see. Uh-huh. Who knows? You know, we we get things going. You know how we start off traditionally and how we finish. You know, it's not to say that in week 16 or week 18, we don't take one of those wins. It's
2: watching. Things you have you, happen, you?
5: you know? And that's the edge that puts us over the hump against Dallas.
1: Bobby, I grew up 35 minutes away from the Giants, and I know the Giants' history. I know how they struggled until obviously and uh, Parcells got there. And um, and you know, before and Jack, when Jack was born, they were really good with uh some of the guys they had then. So Frank Gifford and those guys. And Frank Gifford and those guys, and you know, but wow. <laughs> but 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 the giants are going to be they're going to be competitive but it's going to be hard on them this year because they they didn't see them coming last year and i the paul has done a, a tremendous job but people are going to prepare different In that second year their yes. preparation is different and that's for all the teams that's for all right.
5: the teams. so i mean everybody talks about the schedule the toughness of the schedule but i think in our case what it boils down to is we're, we're To get to where we're going and where we like to be Mac, we're facing a tremendous number of challenges. Yeah. Now here's the
1: question is when the Jets and the Giants play, who has the advantage?
5: Okay. I'm gonna be objective with this one. Okay. As far as To look down the line at all the factors, I'm going to say we do, okay? I'm going to say we do. Now, what I'd like to see happen after we beat the Jets, and you can have the preseason game there, Jack. I don't mind yeah. about that.
2: You can win that game. Yeah, the Giants have a good chance for winning this game later this month. Yeah, the preseason game.
5: I'll buy, I'll, I'll buy the first ticket to Newark, and I'll help the Jets personnel no. pack it up, and you can take your show to City Field.
2: Bobby, no one including be you that is would be talking beautiful. about I the Giants can winning live the Super Bowl. With a, one in,
5: a one in 6 no one. record, if we can get the Jets to City Field.
2: No <laughs> one is talking about the Giants winning the Super Bowl. No one, even the most optimistic Giant fan, all you're talking about is getting second place, beating out the Cowboys. That makes your season. At least with the Jets, people are talking Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers went twice to a Taylor Swift concert, and they, he was heard singing, "The Jets win the Super Bowl when the confetti was coming down." You don't see anyone on the Giants, and they're, they're not predicting they win the Super Bowl. No one.
5: Okay, so let's 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 address that. Okay, I noticed that when Rodgers when the deal was done, Namath. God bless him. Great guy. Nema sits down and says, my number's available to you. You can take number 12. Rogers, Class act, decides to take his old college number, number eight. But do you think without a shadow of doubt that if Rogers wore number 12 and didn't perform, didn't deliver, that would put a darker cloud over his head?
2: He will deliver. I mean, everyone knows Aaron Rodgers is going I to deliver. They thought Brett Favre was going to deliver. Yeah, a, a Different situation. <laughs> different situation. Brett uh, Favre didn't buy all in. You had the choice. Yeah. You know? Aaron you had Rodgers.
5: Jeff. Red Jeff. Team. You had the choice between eight and twelve. Think about it. If if he took that number twelve, people are going to expect him to do bigger things. I mean. Think about it. Without, without a shadow of a doubt, the expectation is there on on Rogers. Without a doubt, right?
2: I'm just saying, take a great
5: name of it number, put it on your back. You know, it's like it's like it's like somebody putting on Superman's cape and, and, and uniform. They expect super things, and all I'm saying is, if the disappointment comes, and jackets on the way, I just need you to understand. He's not going to taint the legacy of that number in the New York organization. So he deferred and he went know, to number eight. Because whatever he does at this point. You know, the point, video, he was
2: saying Aaron but, Rodgers is setting himself up to fail just in case. He doesn't think that way, Aaron Rodgers.
5: To okay. be
0: honest, to be really honest, to be really honest, I think the AFC East, team to team, the whole division, you know, if you take all four teams, Is better than the NFC East right now because we have Washington in there. You would say that. We'll see. Washington's going to be better.
2: We'll
0: we'll see what happens, Jim. Yeah, I might be wrong. I'm just taking what I what I see right now. The Jets could finish in last place. They really could. Any one of those teams can finish in last place this year. I really believe that. I think the Patriots are better. For the most part, that's the NFC East. I I I, no. I think Washington is not as good as the other teams yet, Jim. I I don't think they are. well, you you might be right. I just think that Washington
2: Sam that. That's,
0: that's the problem. I agree with that. So so but I think the Patriots are gonna be a lot better than people are saying. If two uh two stays healthy, Miami's a super bowl contender, and Buffalo, this may be their last chance. I think but, that if 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 the Jets offensive line cannot block for Aaron Rodgers, and they don't have a strong run game this year, the Jets could finish it last. But this is what scares me
1: about what we're saying about the AFC East is what we said last year about the AFC West. You see what happened. I'm not saying these teams are not going to be good. That's not what I'm saying. But that's down the path that we're going. Because um, who made the – Buffalo was the only one who made the playoffs last year, Correct.
2: Miami makes the oh, playoff. Miami,
1: but they didn't. Uh, you know, they didn't perform well in the playoffs. They so. lost to Buffalo in the playoffs. That was mm-hmm. my point. But what I'm saying is, is we know what we have in the NFC East, and we know what type of teams we have in the NFC East. But we don't know what we have in the AFC East yet. We're anticipating it'll be a great thing, but they're also playing the NFC East this year. And we know there's some good teams in the NFC East. You can say what you want. And we're going to find out a lot. early. I'll
5: tell
1: you.
0: I'll
2: tell you. you, A lot has to be said about chemistry. And you even look at the Cowboys. You wonder about their chemistry. Ronald Jones is missing a couple of games because of substance abuse. Zach Martin is holding out. But now he's unhappy with his contract. Tony Pollard, we don't know off the leg injury. It, you know, something's to be said about chemistry. You know, and there's so many things. Right. That seem to be they a got the loose biggest part. College. They still have Prescott.
1: They still have. Uh,
2: that, that's one of the factors too. He is really under the microscope. I'd rather stroke. take They're him. really I'd, under the I take stroke. him to the
1: majority of quarterbacks because you look at his, you look at his record just against the NFC East. It's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. Well, the last, the last thing I got to say, the last thing I got to say on that is the reason why Dallas Cowboys didn't go to Super Bowl was because Dak Prescott got through too many interceptions, and you can't deny that. Is it That's always him? It. And now the year before saying, that, there were some receivers. And, and, the, amazing, year, and, and the year before, and the year before that, he in the year before that he didn't get up there on the football. He blew it there. So I, I, I'm listen. I think that Dak Prescott's a good, a very, very, very good quarterback. I really do. I think he could play on the most of the teams as a starter, at least at at least on half. Would you take Daniel Jones? I just think that Dak Prescott. Would you take Daniel Jones? Yeah. Daniel Jones. Oh man.
2: I I I would take Dak Prescott. (laughs) No, no. Listen, I would take Dak Prescott over Daniel Jones right now because you got to look at the body work. However, if you told me by the end of the year. Daniel Jones is going to be rated a little ahead of Dak Prescott. I wouldn't be shocked.
1: I would. I would because I think Prescott's going to have a tremendous year. I think he's going to have a tremendous year. Well, they
2: got him. Brandon Cooks. He has CD Lamb. I mean, he has. The then, now, Michael team. Gallup is finally
1: it. healthy. And then they got. I told you about Jalen Turk. They got some receivers now.
2: Yeah.
0: And they don't have to depend you, just do
1: on. Do you know C. Bobby?
0: Do you know Bobby that Jim Jeffcoat grew up a Giants fan and he's still really down deep is <laughs> a Giants fan. Uh you know he's mad cuz they didn't he's mad cuz they didn't draft him out of college. You know they Dallas drafted him instead of the Giants. If the Giants drafted him, Jim would be here with me and you discussing how great the Giants are going to be
1: this year. Yeah, but Trust. Bobby,
0: you also know that
1: I beat him twice to win a um, NFC East division. By running touchdowns, D. Lyman don't run touchdowns, but I did it against. Yes, him. <laughs> See, I,
2: I I disagree. I yes, think James Calling would have been be, to be a Detroit Lion. He'd be in the fall <laughs> of Yeah, Lions. That's that. where he should have gone. The Detroit. They would so have I got nominated as a Cowboy. As you.
1: Said.
2: As you see,
0: as you see, Bobby. Not only do we give insight, we just ride each other the whole show. So that's hey, that's it the is unique what thing it about you this know, show.
5: My, my mom taught me to pray for the <laughs> afflicted. You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but Bobby, I was never.
0: going
5: to. No, Jeff. I, I, you know, don't be that. But I will say this: wait, 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 you, you wait, represent wait. what I define as a pure cowboy. Okay. You. you yeah, no choices of where you got drafted. You know, you played with a great organization. No, no doubt about that. In fact, when I meet people from the Texas, Mississippi, uh, Oklahoma area, the Cowboys fans have no issue with that. However, when I meet a guy who comes from Maine, who's never been to Dallas, never seen the Cowboys game on the road, professes to be a diehard Cowboys fan. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's a whole different dynamic, you know. That in your organization, great. Your but national yeah. fan base, fine. Okay, you make a good point because. But when you get you, out there, those, yeah, you know, I agree. You with know what you. I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, I do. But Jack spends the winters in Florida, and he professes to be a Jets fan, but he's closer to Tampa, and all of a sudden he goes to Tampa games. But see.
2: I'm going to go this year. I already got tickets to Buccaneers against the Jaguars in December. But Bobby, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question. Mike Pannenbaum, the former Jet GM who's an ESPN analyst, he said that Daniel Jones was a little bit selfish for not taking a little less money to see that that money could go to Saquon Barkley. And let's compare that to Aaron Rodgers, who took, what, a $35 million pay cut. That's unheard of because he wanted the Jets to be able to pay other players. He wanted to show his commitment to the Jets, Aaron Rodgers. So look at the attitudes of the two players. Could Daniel Jones have taken, let's say, $3 million less and, and told the front office quietly, let's See that Saquon Barkley gets his money because a major part of Daniel Jones's success depends on Saquon
0: Barkley. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby! Before you answer, Bobby, Bobby! Before you answer that question, I am tired of this. I am tired of this contract, Daniel Jones versus Saquon Barkley. Right now, Aaron Rodgers, even with that pay cut, makes like twenty more million a year than Daniel Jones does. That's number one. Number two is that. Dan- Saquon Barkley got paid what he got for his position. Daniel Jones got paid what he got for his position. The contracts between the two have nothing to do with it. If the Giants wanted to pay Saquon Barkley more money, they sure could have because they made some big signings after that Daniel Jones, including Andre Thomas and picking up Robert. So I, I don't want to hear all that noise. They-, they paid what they paid. Saquon signed the contract for one year,
5: and here we go. See, I honestly think this is the area where fans have to stay out of players' pockets because fans have this, this tendency at contract time, contract negotiations, to always label a player as greedy when they, when they overlook the fact that if you look at last season, okay, if you look at last season, Amazon Prime paid the ownership a billion dollars to have the rights for Thursday Night Football. Do you know what they made per game that they broadcast last year? $3.2 billion. Yeah, Jack. Okay. So so when I look at that, like, look, listen, I mean, I, we, we got to deal with the salary cap, no doubt, without a doubt, right? But the, the bottom line is fans get caught up in what That's, the players is, make versus is make. because because that that billion dollars is going to cost each one of you more money per season to watch football. Sending tickets up to what, $500 for the, for the season?
2: Yeah, but players talk too. They see what's going on the rest of the team. Jim lived this with Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith, back in the day when they won the Super Bowl, so was a holdout for a couple of games. And I know guys like Jim were telling Emmett Smith, his teammates, stick to your guns. Don't let them push you around. And then on the side, when Emmett Smith is out of earshot, they'd say, "They'd say Emmett should be here helping the team." You know, That's you hear true. that all the time.
1: That's not true, because you're billionaires oh. versus millionaires. Yes. You That's
2: know,
5: I'll, I'll say this for the rest of the league. Okay, for the rest of the league, they're transitioning away from running. That's okay? it. But when you look at it, Tennessee. And the New York Giants are run-dependent teams, and so as again as we go into this season facing challenges, we've got to throw the ball more this year, unlike what we did last year. We do, and that's untested right now. Without a doubt, it's untested. Yeah. So, so if the if the pass isn't there, what are we going to do, Jeff? I mean, Jim, we're gonna we're gonna lean on the run, right? But here's the problem. That that brings a little extra value to a guy like Barkley. Yeah,
1: and I agree with you to a certain extent. Football is very cyclical. It goes in circles. Mm -hmm. The Giants are probably now, they can run the ball. But Philadelphia is running the ball more than you think. They got A.J. Brown, but they run the ball. And that's why they got Penny and some of the players they got. The Cowboys are going to have to run the ball. Because everybody is going with smaller defenders. And what's happening is it's taking something away from the passing game. So the Giants, Saquon Barkley, those guys don't want to tackle Saquon. And that's the thing. Everybody, it's it the cycles. The cycle is going back to the running. And that's what I think. That's just my personal opinion. It was a passing, we thought, with the, and I think that's a little bit of the issues with the Dolphins because they depend so much on their passing game. And you see right. what they So I think it's going to trend more and more teams. And even Mike McCartney said, oh, we got to run the ball better. And we got to help them the
0: defense. No doubt. No doubt. Bobby, I'm going to go ahead and, and let you go. Thank you for coming in. Uh, it was it was a pleasure having you. Uh, we we I love to talk about giants. I can talk about I could talk about giants all day. So I'm gonna let you go and uh, love to have love to have you on again if you if you got a shot. Come back again. Uh, it was guys. great. It was great meeting you, Bobby.
5: It's great Thank to meet you, Bobby. You can say Jack, uh, Jack, uh, I just for the 5 week, Aaron can catch a cab in New York.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, they were complaining what it costs to catch a cab in New York. You know, you go one mile and it'll break you. Yeah. <laughs> you got a steak dinner for the one All mile right, ride. All
0: right, guys. All right,
1: Bobby. Great
2: remember,
0: Tailgate right. Talk with Bobby Stan, the man, Stansman. Check him out.
5: Have a good yes, one, Bobby. All, right. All, right. All right. I'll see you guys later. In fact, I want to have you guys on my show. All
0: right. That was
1: good. So,
2: no, I didn't ask. There him, you go, it, Bobby. Is, was I didn't. Uh, I didn't ask him. Was that name after the former wrestler, Stan the Man Stasiak? Wow, so was wow. a wrestler. Yeah.
1: yeah, I remember that when I was a kid. Was,
0: Maybe after Stan the Man, usual from the Cardinals. Who knows? Oh yeah,
1: that's so,
0: right. So, so guys, guys, let's get let's get back to the stuff we ain't covered yet, and uh, you know, I was I was glad that, of course. You know, like I said, I love having Giants talk on, but I, I want to talk about, you know, the whole the whole league more than than just the Giants. So I've been putting together an all-time NFC East team. I started with the defense. And I want to get both of your opinion on it because this is the first team. We'll do the second, the subs of the of the second team next. And of course, some of you'll think. well maybe, think maybe you gotta the, let the me
2: second know to prepare better. this. I can't wing
0: it all. No, team. I it's don't, Jack. Actual. I didn't oh let I didn't let God. Jim I didn't let no Jim know. So I'm not letting you know. And you're a historian, so you should have no problem with this at yeah, all. Yeah, Jack, he so, did put it so. on Facebook.
2: You Nothing know, about NFC East team. I mean,
0: did you let him finish? <laughs> So anyway, let's start with the defensive line for the NFC East. This is the All Pro, All Hall of Fame, or whatever you want to call it, the the greatest NFC East defensive line in the, in the history of football. And I say I got some subs that we'll talk about next week. So, at right offense, uh, right defensive end, Reggie White.
1: That's yes, right. Everybody,
0: everybody agrees with that. Question about that. At right defensive tackle. A lot of people forget about the Washington Risk and defense, and they had a good defense there. I got Dave Butts there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I okay. can Left defensive tackle, I got Randy Randy White. Yes. Okay. And at left defensive end, now this may, it's not bias or nothing, but I mean, a, a sub could be better than this. I have Michael Strahan there. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay.
1: And now, right. You can't argue Reason. with that.
0: What do you think so far, Jack? Unmute yourself.
1: What
2: about Tuttle Jones? Does he fit in?
1: Yeah, but he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. All those players are. The Hall there. of Fame is. Butts Hall is of not in the Hall of Fame, right?
0: I think so. I think Butts is there too. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. Yeah. Um. So on the on the on linebackers at right outside linebacker next to Reggie White, I got Lawrence Taylor. Right, that would be a heck of a combo there, right? At Middle linebacker, I got Harry Carson, and at left outside linebacker, uh, De- Demarcus Wire. He just got in, so yeah. that's I called out before that. That's pretty good, right there.
2: Can't argue with any of those choices. No,
0: I mean, I mean, if I was a quarterback, I'd be scared, right? I mean, if you had them linebackers coming at you, and and they third down. Now here's where it's going to get a little tricky because you know we don't really talk about safeties and cornerbacks as much as we do the other ones. So at left cornerback, I got Emerson Walls. Emerson Walls, yeah. Giant and Cowboy. Yep. At left safety, I got Darren Woodson, another Cowboy. Yes. At right safety, I got Brian Dawkins.
1: You can't argue with that.
0: That's a good one, right? And then at right cornerback, I got another Eagle, Eric Allen. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. But here's the thing.
0: I would argue with
1: that because you're taking one of the greatest players Is Daryl Green? You didn't
0: put Daryl Green in there. He's he'll be in next week's show. Trust me. Trust me. He's there. No, he should be in the first one.
2: You think he should? Daryl Green had a longer career than any of them. Think about this. He played longer. Nineteen years. Yeah, longer than any other. Yeah, Hall of Famer there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I would put Daryl Green before Eric Allen or Everson Walls.
0: That's just my. and he was, and he, what he was, the fastest player during his time. I don't know if he still would exactly. be or not, but yeah. I think he was like four two eight or something ridiculous.
2: When well, he was yeah. in Mac, he was in Jim's draft class. He was the last player drafted in the first round. That is true. That is true. Yeah, right? which shows you what the players that came out of that round. Uh, yeah. But I, I think, have
1: to. That's just my opinion.
0: Well, that's. I mean, I I I, I agree. Daryl Green is one of the greatest of all time. I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. So. Like I said be- players,
1: even Walls or uh Eric Allen, don't get me wrong, they were good players, but Daryl Green's the only one in the hall of fame
0: at this point. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. I think all four of them eventually will get in the hall of fame. We'll see. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. I'm not
1: sure. And yeah. Dawkins is so, in
0: there. Darren Dawkins, yeah. He'll be he'll be he'll be up in the next week's show. So no, he, yeah, much- yeah, he's he's already in. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jim, Jim, let me get your thoughts. And you know, I talked to Byron about this, the Hall of Fame game. Now, we we Jack mentioned, and I, I read that this morning too. That Sean Payton's going to put in the starters, and I don't know what if the other team's going to retaliate and put their starters in, or if they're going to play their rookies and the heck with what they do. Because you're really, I, I mean, it's going to be kind of, well, maybe it won't be unfair. Maybe it'll surprise you the other teams. But what Sean Payton's doing is kind of old school, ain't it? I mean, this is what yes. coaches did. Coaches played this better. They should because now you get your timing.
1: And it is crucial, and it you can agree or disagree, it's crucial that Denver starts well and get their timing down. They don't have a choice. They gotta get this. I remember when we were um one in fifteen, we played starters a lot, but in but it said hey, this is the way we're gonna do it, this is what's gonna happen, and I don't have a problem with it. You always worry about injuries, but you can get injured any time in the game, you know. Now with Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't do that.
2: He wants to, yeah. but I would. You know, Jim, that, that this has always been a beef of mine. Let's say hypothetically, one team is thirty-one points ahead of the other team. They're nine minutes left in the game. They've got the game won. Realistically, it's over. The second-string players you put in on your offense, the team that's ahead. I wanna see them do things as if the game was even because these are game conditions. It helps the second stringers in case they ever have to get in an emergency. Let the quarterback throw long, but the sensitivities are so great. It's like an unwritten code. You just hand the ball off and chew the clock out. Not in
1: a preseason game. I would, just like you just said, hey, if you want, you're gonna have to play really well. Even if I'm up 31, I'm going after you. I'm doing the things that are going to help my regular team. season game. But
2: yeah. I'm saying a regular season game. In a regular season yeah.
1: game, I'm still. Jimmy Johnson was big on that. He would say, "Hey, if we're beating a team by 2025, we're still going after them." And they said, "Well, that's not being the playing football, but it is playing football because teams could come back. You
2: see it every week." Some team uh, can't, when, when we know they can't come back, Jim, when we know they can't come back, that's what I'm. They can't come about. back
1: when the game is over, Jack. <laughs>
0: that's how I look at <laughs> it. I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn. I, I think Jack has a point to a point. I, I mean, know he has uh, a point. You know, I mean, I, I, I think that you know, if it's if it's eight minutes left in the game and you're up by thirty-five. I don't care if you got Tom Brady there. I don't think you're going to come back. You're not. You don't have to pull your defense out. You can put your offensive uh, second stringers in there if you want and see if they can do anything. I mean, let me you know, ask you a question. You have to pull everybody right. out there.
1: uh My only question is, if the miracle in uh, Tennessee, remember? Uh, no, it wasn't there. It was Jim Kelly against the Houston. Um, that was Frank Reich
2: who let the comeback right. in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm right. saying when you uh, no, no, that was a lot of time. Listen. It was it was 35-3 at one point, but then Buffalo cut it to 35-17 in the third quarter. I'm not talking about when there's a lot, a lot of time left. I'm so a lot of time to me is too like, He was up 31 points with six minutes left in the game. They're not blowing the lead. They're not blowing, blowing the lead. Jack, I'm not. I'm just trying to be
1: funny because weird things happen. So what I'm going to do is they always had this. At a certain time, you can if you can run out the clock. That's when you kneel. But until that time, you got to run the ball or pass it. And it's not it's not they do it every week in college football. Now they pile hard. If you yeah. don't want them to score,
2: um, then you I'm stop. talking about the players on offense getting in game condition work that you can't get in practice. That's so let that's your backups about. open things up. Because you might need them in a real close game situation down the line.
0: So, so Jim, like I said a long time ago, that's what they did. Of course, they didn't have as many players being caught and and moved around as they do today. You, you, you really, you you didn't really have a chance way back when you played to impress people a lot. I mean, when you made your shot to impress somebody, you really you really had to take that shot because you. Well. you, you you know, I, I believe well, that, I Jim. That's different because we had over a hundred
1: players in camp, if you remember. And that was the thing. And we had six weeks in training camp. That's true. That's cutting true. Cutting it down. Then that was a little different. So you did have time because we'd always bring the rookies in first, and the veterans would come in after two weeks. And that's, that's how a good we point. That's the so point. it was a lot different. And there were guys that free agents that made the team because they impressed in those first two weeks and continued it into the veteran uh, camps.
2: Let me ask you, Jim, you believe in this rookie stuff. I'm not talking about hazing. We're all, obviously, we're all no. against hazing. But you believe you make a rookie carry a Because I'm going to tell you That's something. That's not a big deal. That's no, no, no. Yeah, let's, let's take a situation, for example, with the Carolina Panthers. They got Bryce Young. He's the face of the franchise now. He's going to be the leader of that team. You don't make him come in as a rookie and carry like a third year player's back who's, you know, on defense.
1: Why not? Hey, Jack.
2: He's your leader. He's your leader. You got to look up to him for leadership. He's not a, you know, a bellboy. You know, he's a leader.
1: No, that's no big deal. Bill Parcells would take, and Mac knows this, is, is that he would, the first round, uh, choice would have to bring him a cup of water during practice,
0: every practice. Yeah, that's Not that big of a deal. Before you become the leader of that franchise, because right now, Bryce Young is not the leader of that French, uh that team. He's a rookie quarterback trying to make the team. You, He's the face me, of the.
2: He's the, face the, a, he's the face of the franchise
0: now. Well, then I, I feel bad for Carolina, and that's probably because, true that he is the face. But the point I'm trying yeah. to make, Jim, the point I'm trying to make is: first, he's got to become a member of the team before he becomes the leader of the team. You can't, you can't come in there thinking that you're all that because the veterans ain't going to want to hear. Yes, he he's
2: the first yeah. overall pick. He doesn't he's
0: have to. Jack yeah, the- Wilson was the face of
1: the New York Jets but he was not the leader
0: correct you have you have to perform on the field to right. okay. be the leader that's but what first, we're saying but first you got to be a member of the team first you got to yeah. you got to kind of go through what it, even in high school and college you do no things that, and you could be the number one recruit say for for Georgia you're the number one recruit. You're the best player in high school. You think that they're going to let him come on the field and just it's do what he It's different in college. Oh, high school, no, it high school, high
1: it's a lot different. No, it is not, Jack. You have to get your – you have to show those leadership qualities. I you agree. just don't automatically walk in and become that guy. Yes. Yeah. But for the majority, there are certain players that can do that. So Saquon Barkley's. he was that guy. The Micah Parsons. They came in and became that guy but they also yeah. had to
0: do a learning curve and they also had to become accumulated to the team and whether you like it or not, that's part of the acclimation of the team and that's just the way it is. So um the Hall of Fame game Jack Jim uh, itself, let like, get your comments on that a lot of the the sites I'm looking at they were kind of praising Zach Wilson for going three for five. I was kind of disappointed. I would have loved to seen. I would have loved to seen Zach Wilson stay in for a few drives, maybe a quarter. I mean, he needs work. He needs his confidence built. He made that one good throw, and and he still looks shaky out there to me. I don't know what it is. The best thing that ever happened
1: to Zach Wilson is obviously having Rodgers around because he's he sees things from a player's perspective. You can have the greatest. Coordinators, but Zach uh, Rodgers obviously, see Aaron Rodgers sees different, and he can tell him things, and that's why, if you notice, Jordan Love is having a a great camp, and this is the reason. And they had time to sit back there, and they could say what they want about Rodgers. He doesn't work with young players, but if you watch him, he sees things. He knows what certain things, and that's going to help Zach Wilson become a better player. And that's it. I really believe that. I don't know.
2: Sean Love is having a so so camp, from what I heard. He'll have a great day, an off day, a little mm-hmm. inconsistent, but it remains to be seen. You know, the Zach Wilson situation for this year, having Aaron Rodgers is the best thing that could happen yes. to him because he can reset and the fans will be off his back. They'll hear that he's developing. So the Jet fans might start liking him again, thinking, you know, he might be a good quarterback. But and he now, might get better. It might be in the locker
1: world too, Jack.
2: But, but Mac is right. Mac is right. One long 57 yard pass. It's as if the Jets were thinking, wow, let's get him out of there while we could while he could focus on the one long pass. So it's like they're babying him, you know, as far as his confidence goes.
1: Well they gotta build his confidence. That's the hardest. Come on,
0: chip.
2: Come on, he's a man. He's the NFL. I mean, he 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 got
0: drafted. What do you what kind of overall? Are are we gonna baby this guy? If he if he can play in the NFL, he can. If he can't, he can't. I mean, I don't understand that. Nobody babied you. Nobody babied people. They may help you, but they're not pulling you out to make sure your feelings don't get hurt. I mean, since when that is football.
2: Yeah, now we got things to just,
1: uh, you have to do that with, and yeah. that's just the way it is. And I'm I think uh Stan the Man said uh the yeah. stage of Rogers' career, he's more likely to work with Wilson in the film room because Rogers has seen things, he's seen coverages, he's seen the way defenses attack. This is how you attack defenses, and that's always that's what the veterans did with me the Randy Whites, the Ed Jones, the John Dunton. The Harvey Martins because they've seen it, and they would tell me, "This is how you're going to react to it."
2: Jim, when Mason Rudolph was drafted in the third round by the Pittsburgh Steelers, Big Ben Roethlisberger big said, work. "It's not my job to work with them. I'll give them advice now and then, but it's not my job to, you know, like right. mentor teach them." And so- some players are like that; they don't want to deal with
1: uh, young players because they know that at some point. They're going to take their position. You
0: know, I, I mean, listen, maybe Aaron Rodgers, is, of course he's willing to work with, with uh, Wilson now. Uh, it, well, I mean, that gives him a little more feather in his cap. I'm just concerned about the Jets drafted him second overall, and he's not going to pan out, Jim. And I really believe that if this kid can't get it together this year uh, under Rodgers, and or if Rodgers gets hurt, I mean, the Jets are in the jet. The Jets do not have a good solid second string quarterback. Let's be honest.
2: Uh, he's one game for the Jets. The Jets don't want him on the field this year because that means Aaron Rodgers got hurt. They just want him in my mop, mop up row if they're far ahead in the game and let him throw a touchdown pass in an emergency. Listen, it's his third year in the league, he's been a little erratic. Zach Wilson has had some success, guys. It's not like he's been a flop. He just hasn't
1: lived up to expectations. Let me ask you this question. And, uh, Bobby brings up, Stan the Man brings up another good point, and that is true. Brett Favre didn't want to work with Aaron Rodgers, if you know that. It's a Aaron Rodgers five years. But Aaron Rodgers was smart enough to watch Brett. He
0: didn't get him to work with, but he knew what Brett did, and he well, had good groundwork. Well, Jim, that's also out of respect. Rodgers is right on his heels. I mean, I can understand yeah, sure. that. You yeah. want to keep that first-string quarterback. Rodgers is that good that, hey, I ain't yeah. going to help this guy out because he's going to take my, my starting position away. Uh, yeah. One last thing I want to get from you. I'll do a little Philadelphia news. packs didn't make it in today. Um, was it not concerning to you, but did it bother you that when they did the pregame of Cleveland versus the Jets, <laughs> They didn't talk about the Browns hardly at all, Jim. I didn't. Even when they go to the other side of the field, you know, they normally talk about the other team. They were talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. And, you know, Cleveland ended up winning the, the game. And, then you know, it was preseason. Um, yeah. But if I was a Cleveland Brown guy, I would be highly ticked off. It's like, look, we've we got a team over here, too, that's pretty good. Yeah, but nobody knows how
1: good Cleveland is going to be. They anticipate the Jets are going to be a good team. And Cleveland, I agree with you. I that was my. I hate to say this, Cleveland is my dark horse team because I think they could be that with Watson this year. They could be that good.
2: All right. But all well, right. let's be honest about it. The Jets are the most compelling story yes. in the NFL to start sure. the season because of Aaron Rodgers. Let's be I honest agree. about it. I agree. I mean, they're the biggest soap opera thing. We want to see how it, you know, how That's the whole so. thing plays out. Yeah. August eighth.
0: I know Jack will be watching, you know, hard knocks and, and we'll probably get a report from Jack because I'm not going to watch it. I really don't care about it. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. But I know Jack will have his popcorn and his soda and he'll be ready to go. Um, Jim, let's do a little Philly news. Jack, Josh Stills acquitted of rape and kidnapping. Yes. Uh, off the oh, commission oh. list. I mean, what I, I didn't see what happened there. Was it just he didn't uh, do it? Was it was something or?
1: that happened in college. Right. It happened in college, and um. They acquitted him of the, um, and it's kind of sad that this happens in this day and age because we saw with the punter from Eraser from Buffalo and these kids get in situations and you can accuse, but what about people it really happens to, but you can accuse a person and it never happened, And that's the sad part of it. Anyone
2: anyone can get accused of anything at any time. And unfortunately, even though charges could be dropped even the next day, you have that stigma because then if a second person falsely accuses you, they say, Well, you have a record, of this and that, and uh,
1: And that's true. If you were I was, I was
2: served as a juror on a case and the person on trial was asked, Well, weren't you arrested and so and so? And he said, Yeah, but the charges were dropped a couple of days later. Because they saw he had nothing to do with the previous thing. But it sounds bad. Weren't you arrested another time?
1: Well, uh, I can remember uh, a couple of years ago, there was this real um, talented linebacker from a high school, Long Beach Poly in California. And a girl accused him. And he went to prison. And the girls told later on, she recanted and said, no, that didn't happen. I was mad at him.
0: Well, did they let him out of prison? Because I've, I've seen it. Where yeah, they, they let him out of prison and he tried out for the NFL. I've seen, I've seen it where they've recanted and the prosecution refused to take it back to court. Yes, too. Which is, that is which true. Is I, and the sad thing about it is
1: if it really happens,
0: that's exactly. the sad thing. Exactly. And that's, there's a fine line between that. I agree. I agree. Um, uh, worst, worst, uh, camp, uh, day of camp for Hearst, uh, Siriana really gave it to him. So, uh, Jalen Hurts had a bad, bad uh, camp through a few interceptions, and Sirianna let him have it. So, uh, Sirianna, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of don't like him, but when I hear stories like this, then I kind of like him. You know what I mean? On the sidelines, I hate him. I really. It makes you like
2: Jalen Hurts because with all the power he commands. He allow he's okay. A coach could chew him out. Like he buys in, like he's one of the guys. He doesn't him back the coach. Yep. So you kind of like you kind of like that attitude. It helps him keep the eye of the tiger, Jalen Hurts.
0: Yes, I yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. a uh, couple injuries over there. Uh N'Kobe Dean and Bradbury, both minor injuries. That's the only thing I'm as scared of with N'Kobe Dean. He's a he's a yep. little guy and yeah. he's gonna get crunched a few times. And uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe they should. I guess he's going to be a safety linebacker hybrid. I mean, that's the only thing I'm worried about this guy. With
2: he was a leader, Georgia, but there were injury concerns. I'm a believe you can't be a leader if you can't be on the field. You got to be right. on the field most of the time to be a leader.
1: I agree. Good point. Good
0: point. So, folks, we're coming to the end of the Big Football Show. Thanks for coming in Thursday. Preseason starts again. We'll have some games. The Cowboys and the and the Patriots and the Giants will all play next week. We'll be able to talk about that. We didn't give our predictions. I think I'm gonna hold off on the predictions. So yeah. Do. Let's hold so off we, on that. Let's hold off so we can really think about it. And I, think I know I can to do it the
2: week before Matt. There you a go. Week. All right. Well, yeah. we don't know what injuries could take place, so we, right. You know, we'd have to revise them maybe if we can. It's a good. Early. It's a
0: good point. That is so, a good point. So thanks for the uh, thanks to Ian from down under in Australia. Thank you for Rick. Uh, thanks again for, uh, Bobby, Stan, the man we We'll love to have him on again. And, yes. and I know any one of us would be delighted to be on your show, Bobby. So thank you for the offer and folks we will be back next week. I'm going to try and get us another special guest in to talk about another team. Uh, there's a bunch of super fans out there that I that I'm starting to contact with, and maybe you know we'll, we'll get lucky like we did with the Philly sports guy. He came in, and everybody's like, "What the heck is this guy?" Ended up being very knowledgeable and great sportscaster. So uh, we'll we'll be checking that out again. Folks, have a great Sunday, uh,
2: Jack. Monday with uh, uh, love. Glad this, this uh, tomorrow night. We're going to talk about the Nate Diaz Jake Paul fight. Believe oh. it. Or not. All
0: right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, the question, the only question there for me is when is Jake Paul going to fight a real fighter? Jim <laughs> is on, Jim is on Wednesday night, J and talk and shop. Check him out uh, with Byron Williams. That's all football. And uh, it's, it's a great show. And of course me and Jack will be back here on Friday uh, with the Mac and Jack Friday edition. Thanks again, guys. Have a great Sunday.
1: Have a great.